Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. All right, we're in 2 Timothy, and we're going to finish up chapter number one. Let's see how that goes this morning. We are in verse number 15. The Bible says, This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia, praise God, the gospel has reached Asia, be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But, when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Lord, help us to glean some truth from your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So we have the gospel reached Asia, but now what does the apostle Paul write? All they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Now look what the Bible says though. It doesn't say be turned away from the Lord, or it doesn't say they be turned away from God completely. It's a far jump to say that they completely turned away from Christianity, but they for sure... Phygelus and Hermogenes turned away from Paul, and they for sure, their faith had certainly been weakened and is on the decline. Paul's a prisoner. Times are tough. What do you do? You leave. Times get tough. Our faith weakens. Times get tough. We throw in the towel. Is that you? I hope not. Boys and girls, I want you to listen very, very carefully. Life happens. Life gets tough. It isn't always ice cream, cupcakes, and marshmallows. <laughs> it isn't. But when times get tough, You don't want to be on the spiritual decline. It's time to go on the spiritual upcline. Look toward God. Pray. Give Him glory. I don't understand, Lord, but I'm going to trust You. Do you know that everybody that goes to jail isn't guilty? Paul <laughs> is one example. Now, most of the time we can say that if someone is in jail, they're a prisoner. But do you know there are cases when people are in jail when they are wrongfully accused? You don't want to be the type of friend that leaves if that happens to somebody. And you know, Hermogenes and Phygelus, that's those guys. So what does a Christian can do? He can read this verse... And he can conclude, oh boy, living for Jesus Christ? I don't know about that. Look what happened to Paul. 
Living for Jesus Christ? Oh boy, something somebody might make fun of me. Oh, that's not for me. I'm not going to... And then fill in the blank. Have you ever gotten scared to do anything? We all have, right? We all have. And what do we do? We tense back. Basketball. You're val- you're, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the last quarter. And the coach has a plan. He wants you to run this play. Three bounces, and then you're to take the shot. But you do the three bounces, you look up, you get scared. You don't want to let the team down. You don't want to miss the basket. And instead of thinking, instead of doing what you were asked to do, you think. <laughs> and that's when you blow it. <laughs> and isn't that just like us as Christians? God gives us something in His Word. He gives us a command. We clearly understand it. But when it comes time to do it, you know what we do? We think, hmm, I don't know if I should tell this person about you, Lord, because he's really aggressive. <laughs> They're, they might yell at me. We think instead of doing and obeying what we know we should do. Let's turn to Psalm 37. Check this out. Psalm chapter number 37. The Bible says in verse 1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as delight, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself and any wise to do evil. You have an evildoer in your life, here's how you handle it. Fret not. Trust in the Lord. Do good, not evil. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way unto Him. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Boys and girls, how does that sound when brother or sister is wearing you out on something? Husband or wife, how does that sound when spouse is wearing you out on something? Worker, how does that sound when the boss man is on you about the same thing and you know he's wrong? Welcome to life. (laughs) Welcome to life. But welcome to Psalm 37 as well. You will go through tough times. But chances are, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, chances are none of us are going to be in jail. 
None of us are going to be shipwrecked. None of us are going to be beaten. We might have a 30-minute delay at Delta Airlines, and that might cause us to lose our Christian character. But that is far from being in jail or being shipwrecked. You might not get to eat lunch right at 12 o'clock, boys and girls. Welcome to life. But that beats being shipwrecked or beaten or imprisoned, doesn't it? That's called life. That's called life. Life happened. Phygelus and Hermogenes, they bail out. Paul's in prison. They turn from Paul. Their faith is weakened. They're on a downward spiral of their faith. We don't know anything else about these two guys, Phygelus and Hermogenes, but we know from the Bible they're on the decline. They're only mentioned one time here in the Bible. And if your name only comes up one time, you don't want to be known like Phygelus and Hermogenes is known. You don't want to be known as the guy or the gal that went out on a spiritual decline. You don't want to be known as the guy or the gal whose faith has been weakened. Let's look at verse number 16. The Lord give mercy unto the house of one sip for us. Is that how you read that? If you use phonics? One sip Horus. If you need a, anybody looking for a new name for the name book for the babies, <laughs> there's one to add. Let's see. One Horus. Anyway, you know what it says about this guy with the funny name? He refreshed Paul. For he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. There's a good friend. Someone that refreshes you. You want to be a good brother or sister? When your brother or sister is having a bad day, refresh them. You want to be a good spouse? When, you're, when, you're, when your spouse is having a bad day or a hard day or whatever day, be there to refresh them. You want to be a good worker? You want to be a good... Be the guy. Be the gal. They can add some refreshment. That's a good thing. In chapter 4, in, in, in 2 Timothy, Paul says, salute the household of Onesiphorus. And it sounds like his whole family was just great to the Apostle Paul. And I'm sure you know Christian families like that. Man, they're just great to be around. They're great to have come visit. They're great to go visit. Man, they just refresh you. They just uplift you. They just get you back, back on track mentally. That's good. Let's get 1 Corinthians. And let's get chapter 16. I thought this was funny. <laughs> I may be the only one that thinks it's funny. 
verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 17, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus. <laughs> and Achaicus. For that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. Look at verse 18. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. See, there's the biblical command. I guess I have to be a refreshing fellow. <laughs> but look, they're being praised because they had a spirit that they gave people refreshment. That's a good spirit to have. Do you refresh people or do you wear people out? Are you a Hermogenes and a Phygelus or are you an Onesiphorus? And then it goes on to say, and was not ashamed of my chain. If, you, if we ever get to the point in America where you will be locked up in prison for your Christian faith, what type of friend do you want? A Phygelus and an Hermogenes or a one sip forus? Right? What type of friend you want? I know what type of friend I want. A lot of people are just embarrassed. And they're just ashamed. That's why I feel strongly, I think it's very important, I really pray about this, I meditate upon it, I think about it a lot. A church full of young people that go out in public and witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know why? Because it shows you're not ashamed. And it shows you're not embarrassed. And it shows you're willing to overcome a fear. I look out, and maybe it's just me, and maybe it's the way I came up, but I, in, in athletics, I was never really good at sports. Matter of fact, I was the only kid on the wrestling team in ninth grade that pinned himself. <laughs> I thought I had the move down, and then I get up, and, and the, the coach, and thankfully it's at practice. My dad's looking through the window of the gym, and he says, no, you, you, you pinned yourself. You just, you, I wasn't ever really, and I played Little League. I had a great time, and, you know, my dad, uh, he was a phys ed teacher, so, you know, he, he spent a lot of time with me on that stuff, and uh, I think I made it to the all-star team once. And I wasn't allowed to play football, but I watched a few games. And I saw people cheer and hold signs and get fanatic about somebody swinging a ball bat. <laughs> I don't think that's sinful or wrong. I'm just saying that people get so excited. And I finally found martial arts. You know how I found it? Because I was 12 years old and I got the tar beat out of me. And my dad said, we got to do something about this boy. <laughs> and I watched people, especially at tournaments, 
cheer publicly, get so excited, and they weren't ashamed, and they weren't embarrassed, because they're rooting for somebody. You see these big football stadiums? Huge. Yelling, screaming, tailgating, the whole bit. Why can't a Christian stand out on a street corner with a sign that says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners? Just hold it up like this. No one will see who you are. We get so excited about things. But then when it comes to Jesus Christ, why does it diminish? Why aren't we so super excited about the one who we say should have the preeminence? Why aren't we out there telling somebody about Jesus Christ the same way that after the World Series and after the Super Bowl and after the big Pan Am Championship, we're talking about this fighter and that quarterback and this stat and he did that and he... Why can't we just run a few verses on Romans on lunch break with somebody that's struggling with something? Or We should as Christians. We should get out there in the public arena and be just excited about what we have to offer people because a Savior came and a Savior saved. And we want that whole world to know. Why did I say all that? To say this. It's just easier to slip in and slip out. That's what most people, that's why the big mega churches are designed in that way. You can slip in and slip out. You might get into a little life group or a little connection group, but for the most part, you're going to slip in, slip out. People are embarrassed to go out and tell others they want to keep it in the church. The Bible says, go out into all the world. We shouldn't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Onesiphorus was not ashamed of Paul's chain. He wasn't ashamed to associate with a man who was in jail for Christ. We shouldn't be either. Verse number 17, it says, But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. See, there's a friend worth having. He sought me out very diligently and found me. He went through a little bit of trouble to find Paul. What type of friend you want to be? What type of friend you want to have? That's the type of friend I want to be. And that's the type of friend I want to have. Somebody's going to go through the trouble to search out a brother or sister in Christ, diligently seek him. Onesiphorus is only mentioned twice. And the two times that he's mentioned, it's all, all good. Seek someone out. Seek someone out. Your circle of influence isn't my circle of influence. And vice versa. Seek somebody out. Diligently. You might have to go through some work. When, when I grew, when I was growing up in the in the seventies and eighties, we didn't have um, 
internet or, or Facebook or email and looking people up. We did have Atari though. That came out and we didn't, but, but dad, dad ended up finding some used one after it was outdated. Uh, and he brought one home. Boy, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. But we didn't have the communication tools that are available now. You know how easy it is to look somebody up? Facebook. Boom. Right there. You either had to call them on the phone, which was on the wall with a wire. And then when they finally had, they took the wire out and then they had a big antenna you would pull. And then I, it was the days of the pager. <laughs> it was harder to communicate. Once the internet hit, once email hit, communication became so fast and so quick. And then after social media hit the scene, it just, I mean, you can find somebody so fast now. Imagine what it was like in Paul's day. It wasn't like it was in my day, but was definitely not what it was like in you little one's day. It was hard. There was no phone to pick up. He's diligently seeking him out. Who are you going to seek out? He oft refreshed me, not ashamed of my chain, sought me out very diligently, and found me. Here's a little note on refreshed. Every time refresh is used in the New Testament, its context is Christians actively serving the Lord and then needing to get or getting some refreshment. And they're refreshed by other brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know who needs refreshment? Those that are working. You know who needs a lunch break? Not the guy that showed up an hour late and has been sitting at his desk all day. The guy that showed up an hour early and has been breaking his butt all morning. That guy now needs a lunch break. He needs to get refreshed. He needs to get recharged. You know families that need vacations? The ones that are actively serving the Lord. The ones that are actively involved and doing stuff. And all this... You need a break. You need some refreshment. And you know what brothers and sisters in Christ did? You see in the New Testament? There was someone there to offer that type of refreshment. That's a good thing to do. We can't forget that. It's not all work, 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 work. Go refresh somebody. And I don't mean pour a cold glass of water over their head either. Okay? I just gave you an idea, didn't I? Mm-hmm. All right, not ashamed, not ashamed. Let's go over to Romans. We'll be in chapter one. <clears throat> Romans chapter one, verse 16. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first, 
and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel. How about you? Are you ashamed of the gospel? That's the power. That's where the power is. That's what people need access to. The gospel. The gospel. Romans 5. Verse number 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Why shouldn't you be ashamed of the gospel? You've got something. The love of God. But I can't hold them like a teddy bear and snuggle them up like I do my little lammy. Your little teddy bear and your little lammy isn't alive. It's yarn and stuffy, fluffy stuff and plastic eyeballs. God is real and He really loves you. You get in His Word, you read His Word, you have your parents read His Word to you. He loves you so much that He died for you. And He wants to save you. And that love of God shed abroad in your heart is a reason why you should not be ashamed of Him. Not be ashamed of the Gospel. Romans 6. 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is... Death. Verse 20 says, For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. And then what fruit had you then in those things where you are now ashamed? You won't be ashamed of anything. Be ashamed of all the junk you did before you got saved. Not for what Christ did for you. And then Romans 10, last verse on this. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. No reason to be. Not ashamed. Not ashamed. And we see also that it says, He sought me out very diligently. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. God's not lost. We were, or if you're not saved, you are. And you know why he came? To seek and to save that which is lost. Let us not so be so proud and haughty to say, no, I know exactly where I'm at, God. I'm not lost. No, you're lost. You don't know Christ as your Savior. You're going to be lost in eternal darkness forever. That's how much God loves you. That's why he came to seek and save that which is lost. He sought you out very diligently. He came down as a servant and lived the life of perfect, sinless perfection, made that sacrifice for you. What great love is that? 
Someone that loves you that much, no reason for you to be ashamed of the gospel. That's the gospel that saved you. Not ashamed, sought me out verily diligently, and look at this, found me. Found me. It doesn't matter where the Lord finds you. But you need to be found. It could be a young, rebellious adult person in a tavern drunk. He can be found right there. It could be a drug dealer in a dark alley. It could be some type of prostitution outfit on a street corner. It doesn't matter where God finds you. It doesn't matter what you've done. He is diligently seeking you and He will find you. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And when He finally finds you and His light shines right upon you, then you're going to have to make a choice. You're either going to accept the free gift of salvation or you're going to reject it. You ever lose something, you want to find it. How many of you kids have a favorite toy? Think about what that toy is right now in your head. And now, you don't have to call it out. Do you ever lose it or misplace it or not know where it's at or say, where's my... And it ends up being like right behind you or something. Did that ever happen to you? You got to find it. You're diligently searching for it and you're seeking what you lost so that it can be found. You know that God created you in His own image. And you know He loves you very much. But guess what? You're lost. And He is going to diligently search and seek you out because He wants to find you. And He's going to give a little bit of light this way and a little bit of truth this way. And you're going to hear a little message that way. And you might get a gospel track this way. Or some preacher might say something to you. Or some Christian witness might say something to you. Or mom and dad may read something to you. And you know what? It's God working through all those people because God wants to find you. And He wants to save you. I want to be used by God. You want to be used by God? Let's do that to a lost and dying world. And let's not look at it from, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. That's funny. God came to seek and save that which is lost. And then that's also a curious thing because I'm not the only one that was lost. We all are. Before we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now look what it says, this last verse, and then I'm done. The Lord granted to him that may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things, watch this, he ministered unto me at Ephesus. Thou knowest very well. He ministered unto me. You're having a tough time. You want someone to be able to minister to you. 
That's part of a preacher's job to be able to minister to others. But it's also part of every Christian's job description to be able to minister to others. There's some people that you'll be able to minister that I won't be able to. There, it, that you will and I. We all have a circle of influence. We all have a network of people that we know. But I want to be the type of Christian and I want you to be the type of Christian that says, you know what? He ministered unto me. She ministered unto me. Not, well, they didn't really believe like we believe, so we're done with them. Minister to that person. Stay on topic. Keep the main thing the main thing. The Lord granted to him that we find mercy of the Lord in that day. And how many things he ministered unto me. How many times have you ministered to someone else? How many times have I ministered to someone else? Something we all personally should ask ourselves as we walk this Christian life. Praise God for this chapter. That wraps up 2 Timothy chapter number 1. We'll be moving on to chapter 2. Lord willing, sometime next week. Would you bow with me in prayer, please? Lord Jesus Christ, thanks again for Sunday service. Thank you for all that have been able to come out. We do ask your blessing over those that couldn't make it this morning. Ask you to bring them back tonight or next week. We do thank you for, which sounds like rain outside, Lord. Uh, give us journey mercies as we travel back. We're super excited about tonight. Help bring us back safely. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.